Welcome to the Painted Target Podcast. episode eight the painted target podcast i'm jason at aware integrate on twitter awarenessintegrations.com i'm back here today with nick we did a podcast a couple days ago a little bit of a free-for-all he is now on twitter at fallen shadow of so today we're going to talk about the esoteric so this is a topic that will be explained perfectly by Nick. It's not an easy topic to explain. Um, it's something that I think has been kind of, I don't know if I want to use the word tainted, but it's been kind of underused and even overused in the spiritual community. It's got some negative links to it, positive links. But either way, I would argue that this is where a lot of this intelligence that we have that's beyond normal science, um, I would say this is the source of where a lot of it comes from. So, Nick, thanks for coming on again. Jason, thank you for having me. It's great to be back. All right, Nick, I'm going to hit you with the question right up front. What exactly is the esoteric? And I'm going to read just the, uh, like the Google version. And they say it's knowledge known and understood only by a small group. So what's the esoteric? The esoteric, uh, an easy example that most people will at least have some familiarity with, would be the same as saying quantum mechanics, quantum physics. It's esoteric. So what does that mean? Uh, it means you can, I can hand you something to read about it right now. But the, the knowledge, the information that's actually encapsulated in that text, in that, in that stuff that you read, is not really going to fit with your concept of the world. And it is not something that most people can immediately integrate into their thinking process in a useful way. Mm -hmm. That's what fundamentally makes it esoteric. I mean, historically, it was considered mystical knowledge. You know, whether you're talking more like, uh, you know, the stereotypical, uh, we'll say, you know, dark magic and ceremony sort of stuff, or just the more, you know, arcane, you know, hey, this priest doing some crazy ceremony and chant sort of thing. Um, it, it, that's one aspect of it, but it's not just that. In general, it just means knowledge that is not integratable by most people in a trivial manner. I can hand you a manual on how to disassemble the engine on a lawnmower. And even if you're not a mechanic, you're going to understand it. Yeah. And it's yeah. fun, but you'll understand what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, I can, you can hand most people the cliff notes on uh, quantum mechanics and they're just not going to get it. Uh, the concept of a particle being in two places at once. What does that actually mean? It's something that, is not easily integrated into your thought process. Yeah, and it's also, it's, I mean, that's exactly right. It's something that we can't really, I guess, normally kind of relate to. Now, what would be the esoteric as far as, so that, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the exact definition. So what would be, let's say, more of the esoteric knowledge when it comes to more of the spiritual realm? How would you describe it then? <laughs> so I'm going to throw out a little disclaimer here and say, I, I may use some examples as part of this discussion, but uh, I, I'll be clear. I'm not choosing to pick on any one uh, group, religion, or organization just because I'm using them as an example. Um, that having been said, um, one example perhaps could be, uh, Christianity. Um, this is something that's actually been coming up on Twitter 
interestingly enough, in some of the more esoteric accounts, is if you look at Catholicism and you know the bread and wine, that is essentially a blood ceremony. That's very esoteric knowledge. The average person has no concept that this ritual you're undertaking is part of a Catholic faith. Uh, Catholic faith um, is a blood ritual that's associated with some very dark things um, from a spiritual perspective. Now, I, I'm not saying Catholicism is inherently dark or anything else. Um, it's simply a description of esoteric knowledge. Now, integrating that, I mean, that that's, that would be an hour-long discussion of you know, what does that actually mean for Catholicism and how do you integrate that? But that is a direct example. You have people every day engaging in this activity and they only see it as X. Well, you can see it as X, but it also actually has very deep meanings as Y, whether you acknowledge it or not. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also interesting because when you were saying that, I'm thinking to myself, what are, and we're not, you know, for the people listening, we're not, you know, like he said, he's given examples. There's a million others. And it it's interesting because when you think about stuff like that, or even when you think about, which I would consider like even some of the books me and you have read, you know, there's knowledge and stuff in there that you can read it and go, okay, you know, whatever. It doesn't mean anything to you if you don't have the, you know, awareness to see it. But what would be, in other words, if you could see it, you see it. It makes sense. It clicks. Me and you were talking about a book before the podcast, one that we both have that I've been reading. And it's, you know, this book is down the rabbit hole. There's just no other way to put it. But, (laughs) you know, which are the best books. But you can't read a book like this unless you're in a certain place. So the point that I'm getting at is if you're, around this information, reading this information, and you aren't in the right place for it, just like a ceremony that you described, does it matter? Are you just, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would say when you're involved with these things, if you don't know what's going on, it's going to quote unquote hurt you. But then with me, which I, I honestly, I align more with the space that you are in and what you know is the only thing that can hurt you. In other words, a guy's kneeling down and doing some, you know, like the thing you describe, that's not necessarily going to hurt him if he's just a sheep that doesn't know what's going on. So, I mean, is there a danger, you know, in people getting into, because the people listening are probably thinking this, like, I don't know how, you know, how far down the rabbit hole do I want to go is what they're thinking. I mean, is there a danger and I don't mean physical, but like kind of jumping into this stuff straight off. I mean, what what do you think the kind of no, lead up to this stuff is? You know, uh, before we started recording, we had a great conversation that I think answers this almost perfectly. You know, whether you're looking at things from an esoteric perspective um, or, you know, you could ask the average Joe on the street, really, and, you know, bring up the aspect of duality, you know, basically, you know, the bigger you are in life, the bigger everything is. You know, the bigger your success is, the bigger your problems. Yeah. You know, the the pop culture phrase, you could say, you know, more money, more problems, right? Yeah. Yep. I would say it, it's really the same thing. So the kids messing around with a Ouija board, you know, whether you choose to believe in implications of that or not, um, you know what, they're not calling down Satan himself, even if they want to. You know, it's, you're not, a, you're not a big player, you know, you're not a big fish. Yeah. Uh, even if we just say for the sake of discussion that yes, that is theoretically capable with a Ouija board. And I'm not saying it is just as an example. So to kind of take that to the next level, what we were talking about is how things like that scale. So, you know, anybody listening to this is probably with a, familiar with the idea of manifestation, you know, whether through positive thought, action, so on and so forth. Um, And it scales. So for the average Joe in the street, manifestation may be you had a really good day because you kept your thought process 
in a positive place and focused on positive action. Um, you know, to take it to a, a silly extreme is, you know, you go to the movie Lord of the Rings, you have Gandalf, Mr. You know, all-powerful white wizard. Well, you know, his bad day is a fire demon. <laughs> you know, your and our bad day is you, you scrape your knee or you lose your car keys. Maybe yep. a fender bender. Yep, yep. Yeah, and it's it, what we were basically talking about was, you know, I had a few incidents and I kind of went into them in a very high energy, which, you know, take all the cool names out of it. It was, you know, a high confidence, a high state, a calm state. I would call it somewhat of almost a no mind state, which does not mean you're not thinking it's just, you're not connected and a dog on a leash to the negative. And in the midst of that, it kind of went the other way real quick. And what we were discussing was just what Nick said, where if you come in high, you can get hit with the low. That's the nature of the world. That's duality. That's all this. Now my, um, you know, subjective experience has shown me that there are ways to transcend these problems by seeing the duality knowing the duality, knowing there's a choice, and then you transcend it. And I've had, I, I say this on almost every podcast, I, I had one of the guys around here who's taught me for a while say that, you know, once you see the duality and see the choice, you're able to essentially get above that. And that's what hermetics say, which is very esoteric, and all these things. So I think there's ways to, I don't like to use the word deal or handle, but there's definitely ways to, um, use this esoteric information, which is just information you're not going to find, you know, in a normal textbook for yourself. So this goes into our next point. How do we apply esoteric knowledge and to sum it up, you know, spiritual knowledge, internal awareness, uh, self-awareness, just an expanded awareness outside of, I got to pay bills. My dog took a shit on the carpet. Oh, my tires flat like just how do you apply an esoteric view a spiritual view or an internal self foundational view how do we apply that in a modern time like 2019 yeah, I, I think for most people probably the most applicable way is asking yourself what do you really want it sounds like a, a simple question. What do I want? Am I hungry? Am I thirsty? Do I see an attractive, you know, woman around? Uh, whatever it may be, right? Or do I want to go sit on a beach? As, as you've probably touched, as I know you've touched on, on some of these podcasts before, you, know, you have to realize that they're really, without getting, I'm not going to go too deep esoteric here. So I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I know you could correct me on this, Jason. But, you know, the you sitting here listening to this or asking yourself that question, there are really three yous. There's your physical body that's telling you, hey, I need to breathe air, I'm hungry, I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm tired. You have the mental you who's sitting here thinking, oh my God, what am I doing next week? Um, I have to work late tomorrow. I have a dentist appointment. Did I walk the dog yet? <clears throat> and then behind all of that, um, which the average Joe really very rarely realizes is there is the spiritual self. Um, some people will refer to it as the higher self, the I, there are lots of terms for it. Um, the way you would recognize that self is if you have ever done deep meditation or self-reflection, just when everything kind of starts to get quiet and it's just that awareness almost floating in darkness. That's, that's that part of you that you've found. <clears throat> so really, you have all three of you. So the, the point of this is, uh, how do you apply the basic concepts of um, esoteric knowledge to everyday life? And to ask the question of what do you want, well, first, you have to realize there are three of you for all intents and purposes. So you need to know what desires are coming from which of the three yous. The obvious ones, you know, I'm attracted to a woman, I'm hungry and thirsty and cold, I'd like a nicer car. Those are almost all going to be coming from your physical body. 
um, you start getting to possessions. A lot of that actually is coming from your mind. And this is where you need to realize how separate the mind is from the other two parts of you. You know, the mind in each of us, you know, whether we are aware of it or not, is trained every day in pretty much any modern society the same way you would train your dog to sit, stay, or come. You know, you, watching commercials, uh, on social media, when you're at work, uh, you know, if you just, if you actually stop and think for a minute how well you are conditioned from a mental perspective to respond in certain ways. We've talked about this before, Jason. If, if somebody asks you a question, even whether it's an email or a verbal question, you don't pause for a second and think about, is that even a valid question? Mm-hmm. Do, is that something that should even be answered or should the response be, what information are you really looking for? Yeah. What's the real question? Yeah. Right. And it's interesting if I've mentioned before, I'm kind of into history. If you look at older um, Western literature, that used to be a common practice back in 17, 1800s, you know, obviously we're in the U.S. You look at some of the founding fathers documents and you see discussion along those terms of not, hey, my question is X, answer it. But well, what is the appropriate question to ask here? So once again, coming back around to the point is we've all been conditioned to just rapid fire, you know, ask, answer, ask, answer, ask, answer. You have to recognize that. So you need to recognize your physical wants and needs. Now you have to recognize your mental wants, needs, and what are you conditioned? You have to start to recognize that conditioning so you can step away from it. Oh, I I, I want to go on vacation to a beach. Okay, why? I'll actually give you an example. I've asked myself that question, and I'm like, you know what? It's nice for a day, but if I actually take the programming away, the commercials, this and that, I'm bored, honestly, after the first couple hours. I I don't want to go to a beach. Everybody tells me I do. Honestly, I'd rather go disappear in the woods and just run around for a couple days. I'd be happy as a pig in a poke, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, or go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's all this thing of awareness. You know, you took a step back and you said, well, why? You know, you know, I love that shit. I love that question. Why? And you can obviously go in a circle with it. But how many people are are doing that? And and if, if we were to just like sum this this whole podcast up in one line, it would be be able to have the awareness to ask why, because then you'll get the real answer. I heard a commercial today. I bet people have heard this too. And, and they're going to notice it now that I said it on one of these like streaming apps and it comes on and it's talking about um, like investments or something. And the guys just, so you just hear people's voices asking questions. Oh, what should I do? And the guy was like, man, should I, He said something like, should I, um, what's the word? Should I, you know, put in an extra addition on my house or should I go to the place that I've always wanted to live in retirement? And I remember thinking to myself, what the hell are you talking about putting an addition on your house in a new kitchen when you have the opportunity to go do what you've always wanted to do? But you better believe that somebody like that is going to take the freaking easy way out and say, well, I'm going to put another freaking kitchen in my sink and three more bathrooms and, you know, buy a fucking coffee table. And it's like, no, if you had the awareness to step back and say, well, okay, why am I asking this question? You know, it's just that that's exactly what it is. Like you said, it's being able to step out of that box. And that's why a lot of these ancient texts talk about the I, the eye of the I, you know, the self with the capital S and all these terms, because they're basically, in my opinion, saying you need to identify with that more. Because when you identify with that more, you put yourself on a watchtower and you can observe the battlefield. And the battlefield is your life. The battlefield is your mind. You know, and you made a good point about that with the mind, you know, to me, the mind, and it's where I've spent most of my study, the mind 
is a conglomerate of shitty habits. It's not the brain. <laughs> it's everything that's wrong with us is the mind. It's not that the mind doesn't need to be used, but the mind is the part that's taking the brain and using it the wrong way. You know, it's like, look at things like psychedelics and um, MDMA and these drugs. So you have psychedelics and you would know the, like probably the pharmacology or neuropharmacology or whatever they call it behind this better than me, but they slow down or turn off. What is it? The, the default mode network or they're really Sarah, you know, Sarah, to, I can't even say the word. They're messing with the serotogenic. Yeah, yep. serotogenic. And essentially what they're doing, and I remember hearing in neuroscience say this on something I was listening to. He's like, it's shutting down the part that gets in the way. So, you know, I'm not trying to go off topic here, but the point is that's what the esoteric is trying to do is get you out of the way. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Man? I, I think you're 100% right. I, I think, you know, You'll appreciate this given your background. I would describe it as a tool, no different than a firearm. It is a very powerful tool. And, you know, how you train with that tool determines on whether it's constructive or destructive. Unfortunately, in modern society, you know, without getting too much into, you know, pointing fingers at people, you know, through public education, through everything around you, through media, everything, even think about, you know, your friends bust your chops if you're not on the, the latest trend or up on the latest thing, right? Uh, you don't have the, the latest fashion. Your mind is being molded into this programmed structure. It has to be programmed, you know, yep. uh, otherwise you're an infant who's drooling on yourself. Um, mm. the, the body and the eye are useless without the mind. The mind is what binds the three together. So, but the mind has to be trained. It needs a program to run. So if you don't give it a program, the world will be happy to give it a program for you. Oh yeah. yeah. Now in the society we live in, it, it's just the fact of the matter is that the world is going to program it first in this day and age. Okay. But you still have the complete ability to alter that program if you're willing to take a step back. Yep. Yeah. And it's a huge point because these things are happening to us every day. And, you know, it's not difficult to go off into the weeds with this and what's going on and how things are being done. But I also have always, I've said this to you a million times. I think I actually even said it on the last podcast, you know, it doesn't take much to program the masses. I mean, it just doesn't give them a cell phone, give them an app with a fucking bunch of piece of candies falling on it. And they're good for a month. I mean, it's, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take much, but the key is, this is what I would say. And this is the interesting thing about studying the esoteric and going down these pathways. And you kind of told us your story last time when you were on, but it kind of reminds me of it in mine too, where, you know, we were talking about how we were younger and things were popping up. You can read in almost any text. I think even the Buddha said it where you you get a taste of this. Some will say a taste of enlightenment and nothing else will do. You know, and I had a, I had a guy who was a big Hawkins guy trained by him, trained by Hume or, you know, an offset of him and all this. He's an older guy. And he was like, the second you see behind the veil, it's never going to be the same again. And people that are listening that are thinking, oh, God, what the hell does that mean? And you need to look at it in the way of once you realize that there is something outside of your programming, once you realize that you actually can, whether it's an altered state, whether it's a chemically induced state or whatever it is, there is a such thing as being in a place that is somewhat before the mind or you've evaporated the mind and you know Nick I know you've had those experiences I've had them I've had them at times and I didn't know what they were and it was kind of bizarre I've had them uh, you know after my mom was killed I had some I had some in some dangerous situations in the job and you don't really know what they are but I've even had them climbing you know outside it's a it's a modified version of a flow state with a little bit of a spiritual 
you know, whatever. But I mean, I was bringing all this up because once you get a taste of this, this knowledge, this stuff that is just outside of the history book, outside of first grade, second grade, whatever, and you really know that, hey, I actually don't have to be miserable right now, in my opinion, that's what this is pointing to. And that was our next point here anyway, is what are the esoteric signposts? And to me, that's what it is. It's, it's living your life and you get a glimpse and you're either going to take that glimpse and run with it or you're not. What, what do you think about that, Nick? <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be different for everybody. I think it's like most things in life as, as silly and as cliche and as perhaps avoidant as that sounds, I really do think it's to a degree different for everybody. I know from our discussions, whether you're talking about like a, a flow state, no mind, you know, various esoteric, you know, types of experiences, I completely understand your descriptions, but from your descriptions, I'm also well aware that, while we are having similar experiences, they are also slightly different. They're unique to each of us. And that's almost always going to be the case just because of everything that's behind it. You know, your mind, you know, your, your physical and your eye, you know, you have this huge framework behind. So, yeah, it's, it's like drinking a wine or, you know, eating something, a food with a very strong flavor. Um, some people like it, some people don't care for it. And even amongst the people who like it, they're probably going to have slightly different experiences of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's being, it's probably more or less just being in a position to where you can get to that point and then whatever happens, you know, from it is kind of up to you. And it's, it's something that the people listening should know that if you hit a point, which is what happened to me, if you hit a point where the self-help section in the bookstore isn't doing it, the psychological section isn't doing it, the philosophy, you know, section isn't doing it, you may want to ju start jumping to some things that you may have never thought of jumping to before. And I still, I got to look it up. Um, I can't remember the name of the book, but I really hit the wall and I remember my grandpa died and I was sitting there that night and I downloaded this Kindle book and it was, I've said this a million times too, just kind of like a, a cliff notes of everything esoteric, all the woo woo, all the little things. And that was kind of it. I just remember reading that book and thinking <clears throat> that was kind of like what I needed. That, that was kind of the, and just from that point on, especially knowing someone like Jay, you know, who was reading a ton. <laughs> I mean, he, he, I was reading a lot, but he really pushed me into like the reading a lot, a lot. And even now I read four books, you know, uh, at once, at least two or three a month and, you know, just really hit it. Sometimes I got to take a break. I mean, but it's interesting because you start going down, you find the signposts, they link up to what you're doing. You know, I told Nick before this, I had a situation happen today. What well, wasn't anything too crazy, but there were esoteric links in it. And there were links of things behind the curtain to where if you didn't kind of expect duality, if you didn't kind of expect the light, the dark, the positive, negative, whatever, the degrees of change in a pole, whatever you want to call it, you may take it another way. You know, you may ruin two days because you're depressed. You may not get back up on the horse. You know, so that, that's just, that's how I think it kind of links um, nowadays. So next thing I wanted to get into, it's uh, one of the last things is, so me and Nick uh, back a while ago, I think, I think we had a lot of conversations about this and we, you know, we had these long, I mean, basically philosophical dissertations about this and that and things going on with us, but also how it applies to this. And one of them is the fact that you have, you know, the Eastern outlook, the no mind outlook, which is kind of get to a space before the mind, go off to your nearest cave, go off to your retreat and just sit in that space. 
And I actually always aligned with that a good bit. I said that in the last podcast, I understood why people did it, but there was always a little bug in my head that thought, you know, it's easy to be enlightened when there's zero stimulus, when you're not really living, when you're not really, you know, some of my favorite teachers, that's what they did. I mean, they just, you know, it's like Ramana Maharshi, the guy was found in a cave, bugs were eaten through his arm. You know, he just, he sat up there in the field all day and they brought him down and he taught a little and he never taught again. And, you know, it's not that he wasn't doing anything because he was teaching, but, you know, this guy disconnected himself in a lot of ways from life. And I love his teachings. He's one of my favorites. But then you turn into something like hermetics and Nick knows a lot about hermetics. I would say the Kabbalion is really, really the book that tipped me in the other direction. And the easy version of it is hermetics to me is more or less a science. It's something that you can use daily and they tell you, you know, like Bain says and some of these other authors, you don't stop your normal life because you've grown a spiritual center. So the question here, Nick, is you've got the one side that's kind of the Eastern cave side and you've got the hermetic side. What is your view on how someone, because they're going to have to look it up. We, we can't explain it all in here, but what's your view on how to use, physically use something like hermetics in 2019? <laughs> You know, I guess I, I would start, you know, with the difference to kind of the, the cave version and the Western version and elucidate that a little bit. You know, I, you know me well enough to know I'm not Mr. Politically Correct. So, you know, Baines and others actually directly address this in some of their writings in that, you know, a, a big part of esotericism, hermeticism is recognizing the the energy of existence. Now that sounds very arcane and like it means nothing, like word salad. But the funny thing is everybody, everybody has had an experience of this and there's a very easy description. Whether you're a guy or a girl, you're at a bar, you're at a party, you're at a social event. You look across the way and you see this other person and maybe they see you, maybe they don't, but you just feel that instant shock of electricity run through you it's just like this it's not just pure physical attraction it's just it's like there's a connection just like a, a little jolt of electricity went through you you're feeling the energy of the situation you just experienced whether you have awareness of the meaning of that beyond that now you're getting to esotericism and hermeticism but the fact is everybody has experienced that or when you're going down that water slide or, you know, the zip line or whatever. And for that split second, the rest of the world actually didn't exist to you. Like you were so focused in on, say, that water slide that you could literally see the droplets of water at the end of your toes as you went down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the energy of the moment, whether you realize it for what it is or not. Now, the thing is that Baines and some of these other guys have most certainly pointed out, and I do personally agree with, just some discussions I've had and just interactions is that, you know, everybody's not the same. Um, you know, I'm six foot one, 220 pounds. Um, you know, you're rarely going to find a Japanese person who looks like that. You know, their personalities are different from a Western person neither one being better they're simply different um and the approaches for interacting with you know esoteric energies there are different styles that fit different cultures better and it's not just well i grew up in even though i'm a six foot one 220 pound white guy i grew up in japan so the eastern style is going to work better for me well probably not because no matter where i grew up i'm you know I'm 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 a golden I'm a golden retriever. If I'm, you raise me with Rottweilers, I'm still a golden retriever. Doesn't change it. Um, so from that perspective, if you look at especially the a lot of the you know you're getting to like uh, Zen Buddhism and things like this, and even going further back, a lot of the Eastern teachings, 
and Bain directly talks, uh, speaks to this, at least, I think it's the books, but I know of at least two books of his that I have where he speaks to this, is that, you know, going and separating yourself, you know, sitting in the cave or the retreat, it, that works for the Eastern nature, you know, for their, for their energies. I'm, I'm going to get a little bit esoteric here. Um, whereas the Western energies are slightly more dynamic. And once again, that, that's not to imply positive or negative. It's simply a difference. You know, think of uh, waters that are less still. You know, in, in energetic terms, the eastern waters are, may run a bit deeper and a bit calmer. The western waters run a bit shallower, but run much more energetically. So therefore, you handle them differently. So the point being, the western approach is... Yeah, you have all this bubbling energy. Sitting in a cave, yes, you could do it. It's going to be much more difficult, much more trying for you to make the same progress just due to the, the nature of your fundamental energies. Yeah. Western not, no, go ahead. I was going to say, the Western style is more, you know, accepting those energies for what they are and harnessing them. So what are those? Yeah. Those are that I'm actively, I'm flowing through the world. You know, like me, you, you know, we're these tumultuous rivers flowing through the world. You're, you are not going to be calm, but you need to be able to direct that, not into chaos, but, you know, think about um, a river that's swollen with water. Even though, you know, you have turbulence, you have chaos, it's still a smooth flow, even as it goes tearing through its banks. It's the same concept. You may have this tumultuous energy, but it doesn't have to be chaotic and without form and, you know, without grace. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good way you put it was it, it reminds me of hermetics very much being something. I mean, this is exactly what you said, but it's like hermetics is something that can be used for the type of place that we're in you know, in America, in these places, I mean, it doesn't have to be America, but in these places. And obviously, if you were born in the East, you know, they're probably not talking about hermetics, because I, I actually have never looked at it the way you said it, because it just, that's not something that would necessarily, you know, fit in that place. And that book I'm reading now that um, the, the one that we both have you know, he, it's very esoteric. It's, it's kind of toeing the line between, you know, I don't <laughs> even know what, I mean, it's, it's, it's up there, but it's interesting because he constantly says you can't drop your duties of, you know, right now, the duties that you have and just run off to a cage, a cave. And I remember thinking early when I got on this, I remember kind of thinking like, man, that's bullshit. Like I, I want to be in a cave in my room, you know, like I, I want to be able to hit that state, whatever. But and it was you guys, I could thank you for this because I wasn't reading a lot of Bane stuff. But when I read the secret science, I was, it was the summertime, I guess last summer. And I remember sitting on my driveway, just kind of like in the sun dogs running around, you know, whatever. And I can remember reading this book and thinking, this is it. Like th this is just like the, the other book, like this is, this is actionable. This is actually like, oh, this can be used now. And I remember closing the book and thinking, man, like this book should have been a million dollars. I mean, if you have the <laughs> eyes, you know, it's like, if you have the eyes to see it, the answers are all there. And I, you know, I kind well, of put, I, yeah, go ahead. There's an easy example that I think most people can understand uh, fairly easily based on real life experiences. You know, whether it's a, a teacher, a boss, a client, let's say, you know, you, you have a meeting with this other person and you know, they're going to be upset for whatever reason, maybe a business deal didn't go as expected, or, you know, you did poorly on a test, or, you know, you, you didn't do very well in the task you were given by a boss, whatever, it doesn't matter. You have all this tense energy. You, you know 
there's a wave of essential, essentially negative energy that's coming. And it can't be avoided. It simply is. You know, you have this meeting in five minutes where you have to go sit in their office and have this conversation, which isn't going to be fun. So, you know, coming back to the Western model of, you know, being that tumultuous river, but still flowing with, you know, grace and elegance through it, you know, through its riverbed. So you step into the room. The, the energy is what it is. You don't, you have a choice. You do not have to react negatively to it. You, nope. your body and your mind are conditioned to tense up and just, you know, all, all these thoughts are going to flood your mind. Oh my God, I need a new job or, um, you know, I'm going to be grounded or whatever it is. Or you can choose to just sit there, sit there you know, uh, you're not going to ignore somebody, but sit there quietly, answer when appropriate, and choose to, I mean, some choose to visualize it. You can think your way through it, whatever works for you. You know, for somebody who's not really familiar with this stuff, think of it as sitting there, say across a desk or a table from somebody, they're upset due to this situation. Just imagine a river just parting and running around you. That's the negative energy. You, you don't have to accept it. You have a, entirely a choice. Okay. I'm, obviously, I will have this discussion. I will listen to why you are upset. My body is conditioned to react in a certain way. My mind is conditioned to react in a high-stress way. But, you know, the higher self, the I, I have a choice in this. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. And what's funny is if you actually do that, it obviously, it's like riding a bike or martial arts or anything. The first time you do it is always not going to be perfect. So anything takes practice, any new skill. But no, no matter how awkward or non-perfect it may be the first time you do this, as soon as you, and I, I'm coming back to a point you made before, the second you get a taste of that, that I just stepped into this mess of a situation that normally, you know, I would have been pulling my hair out and I would have had to go home and have a, a drink or, you know, freaking go eat, you know, five pounds of ice cream or whatever. You're like, no, like, oh, holy cow. Like I, I got just a taste and you, of course, your first time, you still probably absorb 90% of that negativity, but even being able to just let go and let it go around you that, you know, the five or 10%, now start to imagine as you progress with that capability and being able to just walk into a situation where the world is burning down around you and for all intents and purposes, you might as well be sitting on the beach. Yes, you have to address the situation. Everybody else is like, oh my God, what are we going to oh, we call this person, do this, do that. No, well, hold on, stop, explain to me what the problem is and we're going to address it. And people look at you like, who are you and where did you come from? Yeah. Yep. And it's interesting because of how it's how available it is, you know, and it all comes back to that word of choice and people don't know that they have this choice. And I've had a few situations like that in some stressful times and some jobs. And I wasn't necessarily spiritual at the time, but I was able to kind of work in those spaces. And it's like you said, people are nuts. I mean, you see it every day with, um, you know, you see it every day, just you're in a gas station and someone's losing their freaking mind because the gas machine doesn't work and you're staring at them. Like you realize that all these things had to come together for you to be on this earth. You're sitting here now with a cell phone that goes to a satellite that goes to another satellite that does anything you want. You have a car, <laughs> you've got a gas station to where and a food store and, and you're worrying about the credit card scanner not working. I mean, I said this to, um, I don't remember. I said it to someone the other day and I said, the funniest part about this, oh no, that's what it was. So there was a, someone was telling me a story of this person they know they're obsessed with money they buy everything from a store and they take it back every, you know, after they use it for a few weeks and they keep repeating, they move every week for a cheaper rent, blah, blah, blah. So I'm not talking about money specifically, but the first thing that popped in my head was this person has no clue that one day they're going to be 80 years old sitting in a rocking chair and going, I never lived a day in my life. 
because all I did was go from worry to worry to worry to worry when this life was not designed for that. And we go on for another three hours about what life really is, which I think is experience and learning. But it's not about worrying about a credit card machine or, you know, taking something back to a grocery store because you're trying to, you know, save money. You know, those things weren't invented when man was invented. These are things that we make stressors. So like you said, when you have that choice and you could sit in a hurricane and be the eye of it and just go, yeah, there's, you know, it's almost like a more aware and serious version of kind of acceptance and giving up, but in an active way. It's like they say sometimes in, you know, in, uh, in certain jobs, like a tactical withdrawal, you know, you're not going away because it's like, I'm scared. You're going away because it's a strategic or a tactical movement and there may not be any other options, but I just, I'll tell you, Nick, I wish I could just grab people through this mic and tell them you have to know that you have a choice. And that example about the meeting is the best thing because you're going in there full of anxiety. You're going in there pissed off and you have no clue that there is a choice that guess what? You could not be pissed off. Doesn't mean it's not going to suck. It doesn't mean your boss isn't going to piss you off. But you actually could go in there and do that. And another way to prove it, another example I use all the time, is something like drugs or medications or whatever. You know, how come you can take a medication, it slows certain parts of your brain, and you, which a lot of people do in this country, and you would go into that meeting and not care at all. But wait, nothing changed. The meeting still happened. The people were still there. So what's that tell you? It's all in the mind, you know, and it's just an interesting thing that people don't know they have this choice. And one of the last things I'll bring up, because I thought it was interesting, what you said is back when I was going through, I was injured at the time, I was kind of laid up here for a while. And I would tell the guy, I was just getting into this, this stuff. And I would tell the guy uh, that I was talking to, he's a big spiritual person. And I said, you know, I feel like that when I'm up on the mountain, there's like an energy and it's just something is in line. And I would take these drives out to this other mountain. And every time I would drive up this mountain, it was just like something was there. It was just a full connection to just everything. But then when I would come down off the mountain and I'd have to go to a doctor's appointment or do whatever, there was another energy field. And it just felt like it just wasn't good. You know, it's like walking into a hospital. It doesn't always feel good. And when you were bringing up those examples, it was really reminding me of that. Because I used to say it's the mountain energy and it's the doctor's appointments energy. But once you hit a certain point, which I have, you know, hit now, there's no difference because who's the one it's not that there aren't you know Hawkins talks about that with attractor fields it's not that there aren't things that we kind of attract there aren't things that are floating around but you don't have to go into that doctor's appointment you know and connect with that shit energy right you know and I think that's what you were saying Nick right and that kind of comes back to the idea that you know in this day and age the mind has already been programmed to connect to whatever is offered to it instantly without any consideration. Hence yep. the problem. Yep. You know, if you will go into a shit situation, your the mind, the you know, the mind portion of the three portions of you, you know, the body, the mind, and the the eye, the mind has been programmed to instant. It's kind of like running a computer without any sort of firewall or antivirus. It's yep. going to end poorly because it will accept any connection put to it. Your mind in this day and age, 99.9% .9 of people, you're programmed the same way. You will automatically without question, make any connection offered to you, even if it's entirely negative and obviously so. Yeah. Think, think about road rage. You know, you're having a fine day, you know, even if somebody cuts you off, you know, kind of half forces you off the road rolls their window down and starts screaming at you like you cut them off. Yes, you could scream back. And let's be honest, even you and I will 
probably have the initial reflex to do so. But you still have a split second to choose and say no and say, hey, I'm sorry if you're having a rough day. I hope it goes better for you. And just sit quietly until they move on. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I found. You chose to refuse that negative connection. Yep. That's what I was just going to say. I found that lately I've been doing a lot of contemplating on the idea of essentially just not connecting to that space. So at the bare minimum, non-woo-woo, non-energy, who gives a shit, at the bare minimum, it's saying, okay, I can connect to this anger and have an angry day, or I cannot and go about my day the way that it was, you know, going to go before. It's like you, I feel like you kind of start at the bottom, you work your way up through this knowledge, through these mysteries, as they call them, through this esoteric stuff. And it eventually levels out because it becomes, as they would say, you know, the choiceless choice. It's just, oh, there's a guy screaming at me and flicking me off because he thinks I cut him off or I'm going too slow, but I'm sitting here right now in my car and I'm perfectly fine, and I don't really mind that. Like, it, it's like, so why do I, in other words, why do I want anything to do with that? I mean, it really goes down to as simple as that. I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I got to give it to the work I've done in the past. You know, a lot of it was designed to make you angry, turn you into kind of like a, you know, like a scalpel. It was trying to really hone you in. But it also kind of put me so much in the outlook of you're not supposed to do anything unless it's life threatening, that it kind of helped me a little bit, even in my spiritual studies, because I'm not taking it to any sort of meaningful level unless it hits that point, you know, and that it's like being in those jobs, carrying guns and having the training and doing all this you don't really look at people and become scared of them because you're just kind of like, well, I've got my training, I've got my tools. And if it crosses that line, we'll have to go there. But if it doesn't, you're just kind of some guy that's yelling at me. I mean, it's, it's a form of desensitization in some ways, but in the spiritual area, it's like, well, why do I want to pick that choice? Yeah. You know, you know what? You know, based on what we were just saying, I'll actually circle all around back to the very first thing you asked is, you know, what is esotericism? You know, what does it mean to be esoteric or to explore that, you know, that realm? And, yeah, I mentioned quantum mechanics. Well, to put it another way that after, if people have listened this far, something that will make more sense to them is that, Realize everything you do, every interaction you have, whether it's choosing your outfit for the day, speaking to your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever, um, you know, getting coffee, it doesn't matter. Anything at all, you know, talking to the cop who just pulled you over for a speeding ticket, giving a kiss to a loved one. It, it is, It is all energy, all of it. Now, at first, that sounds, you know, like some arcane text, which is silly. It sounds like highfalutin spiritual stuff that doesn't really mean much. But if you've listened this far and, and you think about it, think about that example of the meeting. You, you know you're in trouble. Okay, well, now you've had a real world example where you managed energy. You know, it, it, it's two physical people sitting here, but you managed the energy of the situation and it fundamentally changes it for both of you because what's interesting if you watch this is hard to do the first couple of times you do this but if you've been in stressful situations like that and you've started to kind of figure out how to just let it go past you watch the face of the other person a lot of times they actually calm faster because when you connect you're magnifying their energy so if you're not getting more and more stressed yeah and as you know i mean you can go into all the psychology and biology that you know you're taught especially from your background involved with this but you know same thing with a speeding ticket if you think about it, it you know 
I'm not going to say it's ever going to get you out of a speeding ticket, but a cop pulls somebody over, he's already fully mentally prepared for an argument when he gets somebody's speed ticket. Oh, yeah. If you can sit there and just say, good afternoon, how you doing? And, you know, obviously you can choose to say, yeah, I was speeding or, you know, what, or nothing at all, whatever. But just your your energy, whether you realize it or not, and you can get, there's all kinds of psychology behind this that isn't even so arcane. Um, the, the quick and dirty of it is, you know, whether you realize it or not, everybody is aware of micro expressions. It actually registers more in the subconscious than the conscious. So, you know, are you squinting your eyes at all? Uh, how tense is your face, the body position? And obviously people in law enforcement and backgrounds like that are even more sensitive to it. So if you think about it, if you've decided that, well, I'm in an unpleasant situation, but I'm just gonna let it go by me. I'm not gonna connect to this. Well, from moment one, they already see how relaxed and calm you are, which is going to fundamentally change the interaction. Doesn't mean you don't get the, the ticket, but it fundamentally alters it. Yeah, you know, another easy example, you know, both you and your boyfriend or girlfriend have had a rough day. Um, you know, they do something stupid, it pisses you off. Well, think about it. If you respond to it, you know, you can say, honey, what the hell? And now, now you're going to have an argument. You, you're, it's just guaranteed because you just magnify that negative energy versus, yes, that was annoying. I'm simply going to let it flow by me. And now you didn't, uh, you had to magnify her negative energy for that to escalate into an argument. Well, if I didn't magnify it because I just let it go by me, then, hmm, okay, no argument. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting because people, people hear stuff like that, especially in some of these parts of the freaking internet that we're a part of where they hear that and they say, well, I'm not going to, you know, it's pure ego, but I'm not going to let anything go. I, I need my ego to function. I need this. And this is a point that has to be made before we go here is what he said was you make a choice of how to deal with the energy. The energy is the feelings that you feel when you're around someone and they're pissed off. People say energies, woo woo. What the, that's all bullshit. Not really. Because when someone's pissed off and you're around them, you could tell they're pissed off. That's an energy. It's that simple. And what he's saying is like in a relationship, you know, it's not about, you know, you know, what's the proper word? It's not about just crawling over and taking everything and being this little boy. The reality is when you can work with that energy, when you can get a hit from someone and kind of go, eh, not really something I want to align with or deal with. Doesn't matter if it's someone you're with or someone you work with or whatever. That to me is an extreme example of confidence because you're so confident in yourself that you don't give a shit what this person says, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. It's not be disrespectful. It's, Oh, they said something. They were trying to poke at me. Most humans get pissed off and do that. Well, okay. And then you go about your day, you know, that's an extreme level of confidence because usually when you're pinged by someone, when you're hit by someone, it's because you're insecure. So you get hit, boom. It's like on Twitter, you know, you got these guys with 8 million followers, they're writing dissertations, they just know everything under the sun about philosophy and all <laughs> the red pill bullshit and whatever. But then someone tweets them and says, you're this and they go into a 16 page reply about how that person's an idiot and they're not. Uh, I don't think I've ever replied to anyone on Twitter that's talked shit about me because the first thing that pops in my head is why? What the hell do I care? I mean, an active, uh, confident, you know, deep, self-aware person is not given two shits about what John Joe on social media just replied to his tweet. I mean, you know, so people have to realize that this isn't about being passive. This is about having essentially what I would call real control. I mean, am I, am I missing something there, Nick, or what? No, you're 
hundred percent. And I'll use an easy example, a little cliche, but an easy one from the flip side, a negative example that completely demonstrates that. You know, if you're a female, you may have had this experience. If you know you're a male in this case, you've heard of it. Is you know, a woman can see a guy walking up to her and just feel overbearing, whether it's malevolence, threat, whatever. They just they feel that intense negativity coming. You know, you can say it's body language, eye contact, micro expressions. You know, that's an entirely separate discussion. We'll use the term energy. They feel that energy from 100 feet out, right then and there. So, you know, once again, you know, to your, not to circle back around here, but you have the point. You have the choice. You know. How do you handle that energy? Yep. But that, that's an easy example where, you know, it can be positive and negative. It's something that everybody does it. The difference is gaining awareness of it and control may not always be the best word because as you well know, yeah. control is often an illusion, but, you know, gaining influence over it. Yeah. You know, another easy example you mentioned red pill is you know, whether you're a guy or a girl. The first time you talk to somebody in a potentially romantic situation, you know, we've all been there. Think back to, you know, the, when you were a teenager, your pulse was 190 and, you know, you, you wanted to turn and run more than anything else, if you're honest about it. But if you've really kind of gained awareness and mastery of that energy, whether it's approaching somebody romantically or walking into an interview or a meeting where you're going to be in trouble, you can choose how you interact with that energy. Yeah. And the main, you know, it all circles back to kind of what we've been saying and you know, what kind of ended on that is it's about awareness. It's about knowing you have choice. The energies aren't necessarily as woo-woo as people think they are. It's walking into a job and saying, I hate the job. And, you know, it, it's not, it's not as out there as people think really what it is, but I think we're going to have to do a version two, a number two on this again and keep going about it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting because there, I, I would argue, and this is what I tell people, but it could be looked at as a little over the top. I argue, I, I said this to someone today on the phone, very spiritual person. I said, I think the answers are already there. I think every answer to every question that we have about life is already out there. We just don't know what to see. We don't know what to take. We want proof. We want studies. We want all this crap. I think it's out there. And I think a lot of people that get into this stuff are doing it more for the practice, quote unquote. And I just, that's not why I'm doing it. There's an, I've said this to you, Nick, you know, privately, there's an end goal to this for me. I'm not doing this because I'm bored. You know, and I said that to the person today because they were kind of, well, you know, I got my practice and I know it's never going to hit this point. And I'm thinking, bullshit, dude, if you are in this game and you're just kind of like, well, I'm just going to meditate an hour, get an hour of peace once a day. And the rest of it's just kind of all over the place. You know, I'm no angel. I'm no Buddha. But the goal in, you know, it's subjective, obviously, but the goal is to be in a place where the externals don't ruin your internals. I mean, that's it. That's, that's just, that's the goal. So people listening to this, you know, maybe start doing some Googles on esoteric hermetics, maybe look into Baines. What's his first name, Nick? Is it John? I can't remember. Yeah. Yep. John. John. Yeah. You could check out the Kabbalion. You could check out Hawkins work. Um, you know, kind of get into it. But I mean, the answers are there if you're serious enough, <clears throat> you know, to look. And if you've listened this far, then you, you probably are. But uh, you got anything else to add, Nick, before we go? Yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate, you know, 
I'm repeat, I suppose, some of the stuff we already said is that, you know, we're talking energies, this energies, that really all it is, is learning how to see the same thing in a different format. You've just been programmed from day one to see, you know, X is X, but you're perfectly capable of looking at it as Y. Um, you know, I'll give one little example and then I'll shut up here for a little bit. Uh, probably not a lot of people in the podcast who have, but if you have gone through calculus and advanced calculus, a, a really interesting analogy for, for people this makes sense to is that in certain coordinate systems, so you can have polar coordinates or you can have Cartesian coordinates, what we're used to on a map, up, down, left, right, right, uh, X, Y, Z. Um, in calculus, there are some problems that you that are literally unsolvable in Cartesian coordinates. But if you simply convert it to polar coordinates, it's trivially solvable. It's like two plus two. Hmm. And a lot of this is literally the same as that. In one in one frame set, you have a number of problems which are either tremendously difficult to solve or have no apparent solution. But if you just convert that to a different perspective, to a different framework, what was a virtually insurmountable problem before is now almost trivial. Yeah, and that's pretty much the definition of, and I know that was your point, but that's the definition of everything we're talking about here, you know, for who's listening. So, I mean, I think that's a great way to end it. And we will do, we'll do a round two on this one for sure, because there's so much to get into. I mean, I, I think we'll probably in the next one, just go deeper into hermetics. Cause I think that's something that people could use. Um, some, you know, something they could use more daily, but um, all right, man, thanks for coming on again. You're going to be on a bunch, so I don't have to keep saying that. <laughs> you know, we already know that. So guys, thanks for listening and we will see you next time. This episode of the painted target podcast was brought to you by awareness integrations. Only you care about your problems. The Painted Target is also sponsored by Grave Delay Athletics, apparel that says I'm going to live well and cheat death. 